G'day footy fans, welcome back to the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast. My name's Byron and I'm joined in the studio as always by Liam. How are you mate? Yeah, good man, how you going? Really, really well. Um, we've made it to the end of our positional analysis series. Today we're covering off the front row forwards and the hookers. So it'll be a bit of an exciting episode. I know a lot of people are struggling with their front row forwards, um, putting together these draft sides. So hopefully we can pull out an insight or two that might help with your decision making. Um, but we've got NRL 9s kicking off uh, tomorrow at the time of recording this podcast. I'm pretty excited to see some of the young players coming through that might crack a side. Some of those 228K Options. Is there anyone you'll be having your eye on throughout the games? Yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on Billy Magulius. Uh, he was really exciting last year, and he looks like he's going to get an interchange spot for the Sharks this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him, as well as some of the legends. So someone like Bob Cat, uh, an old NRL fantasy legend, should I say. Looking forward to seeing him too. What about you? Yeah, they're great shouts. Uh, Magulius will really suit that format I think we've seen how skillful he was uh, playing for the Jets hopefully we see a few chips over the top I hope he just lets the shackles off and yeah <laughs> he's an exciting player perfect player for the nines absolutely and obviously as a Bulldogs fan I'll be keen to watch Bobcat as well um, I wonder how he's going to pull up the next day though yeah <laughs> so I think he's pretty sore I think or maybe days or weeks I think not just a day he could be limping around for a while um, for me probably guys like Darius Farmer and some of these as I said 228k options that might be able to crack their way into the 17 at some stage throughout the year. Really looking forward to watching some footy. And then, of course, we've got All-Stars and Trials and Charity Shield to come after that. And we'll be covering it all on the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast and trying to pull out all of the uh, fantasy-relevant insights. So we'll jump straight into this list, Liam. I might start with the front row forwards. And uh, number one on the list is a guy you were a huge fan of last year. So you actually liked him before it was cool. Yeah, it was one of those ones. Like- one of the few trends you've actually got in front of <laughs> in your life. <laughs> So, um, no, it's you had a good eye for it there because um, he's coming into round one of 2020 is what looks like an excellent option. 570K and the departure of Sam and George Burgess really is going to open up the door for him in 2020. Yeah, he really impressed me last year off the interchange, scoring some massive points. He was a bit of a points-per-minute beast last year. As you know, he got the award a few times for uh, the Liam's unlikely lad award, which hopefully will bring back again this year. I know... Everyone loved that. Well, I'm sure Liam's very, very proud of... Uh, he was probably... I think he was the first winner of that award. Yeah, I think he was. So I know you're listening, Liam. So <laughs> <laughs> um, otherwise, um, he's one of those players that has been in my squad consistently since I made my first draft. Yeah, he's a really good shout. I haven't been able to squeeze him in, actually, surprising. Oh, really? and, and obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what he can do. I know he's got that points per minute of 0.92, you know, a break-even of 39, and I had a bit of a look at his stats as well. And whilst he only averaged mid-30s from the interchange, put him in that starting lineup, that bumps up to 45. And uh, when he's playing 50 minutes or more, he averaged 53 points. So money and points to be made there with Liam Knight. And uh, I'm sure I'll be rejigging and rejigging to see if I can uh, fit him in at some stage. But uh, another guy that I have to consider as well, just because he's at a very similar price point, and it's a similar circumstance in that uh, he could be looking at more minutes this year, and that's Mo Fodawaka. From the Titans, I believe another one you're a big fan of. I think you love a mid-range prop, don't you? I love him, and <laughs> also as you know, I think he's another recipient of uh, the old Liam's unlikely lad. So I think we've got a trend here at the moment. We do have a bit of a trend, but um, I mean, he definitely deserved that award and consideration in this podcast. Uh, he was getting more and more minutes toward the back end of the 2019 season. Only averaged 40 across the year. 
but he did average 50 points across six games where he played 55 minutes or more. So that's pretty impressive for the young prop. He did have a wrist injury throughout that time as well, which could have hampered him. He's had off-season surgery. Uh, If the recovery goes well through the preseason, he'll be raring to go in the absence of Ryan James. Uh, Another great option. I think a lot of coaches might have the, um, the dilemma between him and Knight. If I had the choice, I'd probably still go Liam Knight. That's fair enough. I mean, it's probably a great question for our listeners. Um, Whichever social post has pointed you to this podcast, let us know in the comments who you like better, Liam Knight or Mo Fodawaker this year. Um, I think that'll have plenty of people split. So the next guy on the list is one that I've actually got a bit of a soft spot for, and that's Trent Merrin. Um, I did play footy for a number of years with Mez. I know how capable he is, but uh, he's coming in at a similar price point again, just under 600k. Um, There is a few concerns though for his fantasy relevancy, given that his last year with the Panthers in 2018, he did only get the 40 minutes and about a mid-30s average. So we would need to see him regain the form of 2015 and 2016 to be an option this year where he averaged in the 50s so do you think he's capable of bouncing back or is that too far well he does have the pedigree I'm just concerned from that 2018 form I actually owned him during that time and I lost a lot of money from him and a lot of points so um, I won't be picking him up this season unless he really shows some promise in those opening few rounds It's a fair shout. He's one that, as I said, that I will have an eye on over the first few rounds, just given how well he performed in the Super League. So he averaged over 100 run meters, 30 tackles, two offloads, and three tackle busts a game. Now, we both know the competition standards aren't exactly alike. So to replicate that in the NRL would be some effort, but uh, one worth considering if you're hunting around for a sort of a mid priced front row forward there but one right up at the other end of the scale uh, is Payne Haas 999k they should have just made it a million they should have <laughs> they should have absolutely but um so what camp are you in currently are you a just pay the price stick the C on him and forget about it or are you uh, looking for value elsewhere getting him in my squad and just slapping the captain's armband on him every game I um I considered actually not having him but when I made my team without him there wasn't really a great captain's candidate I could rely on like a Haas. Yeah, so he's got a floor of 50, as we've seen from last year. But he also has that crazy upside in that game against the Panthers where he's got a runaway try and 100 points. So you'd be hard-pressed to find a better captain option on any given week. Um, I'm in the exact same camp. I'm just getting him in my side. I actually haven't even made a draft team without him. So I'm completely sold, locking in Haas. It would take a lot for me to change my mind from here on in. Will he crack the million next year? Might do. He might do. Um, I can't see any real, you know, second, technically it's not his second year as he's played before, but any sort of syndrome of any nature coming in, he's just unstoppable. But another guy uh, that I've actually got colder and colder on as the preseason's progressed is Andrew Fafida. Now, quite a bit cheaper than Payne Haas, 782K. I actually had him as one of my top three buyers right at the start of the uh, preseason, just given that He had such a slow finish to the year, coming off the bench, dramatically dropped in price. I thought he'd be really good value coming into this year, but what spooked me is that he's pulled out of the All-Stars game, still battling with that knee injury, and I know how much that game actually means to him, so I think that's saying something, and yeah, I'm a little bit concerned that that knee's not going to be quite right for round one. Is he someone that you've considered at all? Yeah, I'm really massively sceptical with Fafita as well during the off-season. I just can't get him in before round one. I have to see more from him. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. And a lot of people will be in that boat, but you know, some opportunity might come with that for some people that are willing to take a bit of a risk, um, given that he'll probably be at the lowest ownership to start the season as he has for quite some time. And you look in five of the six games where he played 55 minutes or more, he went 60 plus still. So he's still capable. If he's healthy, he's a great option. And if he goes on any sort of run, he will come into my side at some point, I'm sure of it. He's one of those players I'd be looking for my draft squad if I can pick him up a bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. A great shout for draft. Um, I think you had a couple written down as well before we jump on to the hookers. Do you want to take us through those? I just had a couple of gun options just in case you didn't want to pay the price for Haas and you wanted that next sort of tier in that 700 sort of price range. So first they've got Papali. He switched positions in 2019 to prop and he didn't really start the season so great um, up to Papali's standards, but he's formed dramatically increase from rounds 15 and then from rounds 20 to 25 he played six games and had a 64 point average and as you mentioned off air he really continued that form during the final series as well it was an incredible run from Papali. He was unstoppable, can break a tackle, can find the try line. He has lost his dual position status this year, which um, will come into consideration for some people. He didn't play enough games in the back row, obviously. But uh, yeah, a great option if you were looking to steer away from Haas. But, you know, it's just thinking about that now, I'd be nowhere near as confident slapping the C on a Papali as I would a Payne oh, Haas. So, definitely not me. Um, you'd have to have another option somewhere, maybe one of your premium hookers. But uh, did you have anyone else there as an option? One more. I had Tapao as well. The interesting thing with Tapao was he only had an average of less than 50 minutes, which was the lowest since 2015. But even considering that, he still managed a 53-point average. So his points per minute was 1.08, which is quite significant. Yeah. And I remember the DMs blowing up throughout the year. Was, I think it was like from like rounds eight to like round 14, continuously Q&As for our podcast to power. To Absolutely. Power. And and for good reason, his minutes were really down, but he still, he was making the tackle breaks, getting those offloads going. Um, he's, he's such an animal. He just makes those minutes count. Um, I, I can't look at him this year, but yeah, he's another great option. I can see him being, you know, a, a top five front row forward again this year. It'll be interesting to see what his ownership is. It'll be quite low as well, I'd, I'd assume, with the likes of Knight and guys like that floating around and the emergence of Haas. So um, one to watch there. And before we move on to the hookers we're probably not going to touch touch on you know the, the holy trinity too much in your uh damian cook mckinnis and cameron smith they all speak for themselves they're all fantastic options and captain options week in week out but did you want to take us through some of the more budget-friendly picks we'll start off with harry grant just because he's been a bit up in the air over the last couple of days uh we still haven't had an approval from the nrl for that loan switch with the tigers but it doesn't look like it's going to happen um, which is a bit unfortunate because we could see last year for the sc falcons he had 22 appearances 14 tries 21 tries with an average of just less than 70 that whole loan system looked a really good idea as you know I'm a massive EPL fan and it happens a lot in the EPL. And the advantage of something like that is someone like Harry Grant might only get a handful of games at most in the NRL this year. And that would just probably be due to injury or suspensions or even origin. Whereas if he was with the Tigers, he'd be having maybe 20 to 25 games be a huge difference in the development of a young player. I fully agree with you there, but I did see a headline, I think it was with the Telegraph, that it looks like it's being put in the too hard basket. Mm. So um, as unfortunate as that is for NRL fantasy coaches, it looked like we're going to get 
a potentially a almost bargain basement price option turn keeper because those stats are absolutely off the charts. So it's a shame definitely for both, you know, his actual career development and fantasy coaches, but one to keep an eye on for the future. Uh, he's going to be something in NRL fantasy at some stage. Just be interesting to see what happens with Cameron Smith. Is this going to be his last year? Because will Harry Grant want to wait an extra year on the bench? Because he's actually, I think, 21 years old. So he's not like he's 17 or 18. So why don't we move on to Appy Corusau? So he's switched now to the Penrith Panthers. Uh, priced nicely, just under 500000 which is based on an early 30s average. I was looking at some of his 2019 stats and saw that he played six games where he played 50 to 70 minutes and he had a 43-point average. So if he could get somewhere close to that, at worst, he could make some decent cash. Certainly justifies a selection. Um, He's my first reserve at the moment. I think you said off-air that he's actually your starting hooker. Yes. So that's, yeah, definitely a risky sort of play there, not running with a premium. Um, We might have to have a bit of a chat off-air, I think, when we wrap up this podcast. (laughs) You can always organize an intervention for me. (laughs) No, look, a lot of people will be doing that. There's so many uh, really well-priced hookers this year. So, uh, look, you won't be alone in going away from those premium options and stacking up on the likes of Coruscant and Braley and these guys. So, uh, yeah, he's a really good option. He was almost sharing the minutes 50-50 through some stages of the season with Manasi Fine which has really brought that value down. But he's a really creative player. Um, I think he's going to do really well at the Panthers. We've had a chat about his minutes, and uh, I know they've got Kenny on the bench there. But interestingly, Cleary's come out and said he actually prefers to play with an 80-minute hooker. So that's music to my ears as a prospective owner. Um, Locked into that reserve spot at the moment and can't really see that changing, regardless of whether or not Kenny's on the bench. You mentioned Braley before. We've talked about him in a previous podcast this season. Is he someone that you're looking at on your interchange again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, His price, uh, I think we've spoken about it before, has been adjusted just to account for that high ownership and a change in role there. But even at 400K, um, the fact that Jaden's moved on and he's going to walk into that starting nine position, I've got him in my team at the moment. Um, So it's a small sample size to be able to actually assess his effectiveness in extended minutes. But uh, in the three games where he played more than 50 minutes, he averaged 40 points. So he's a really good defender, doesn't miss many and makes plenty of tackles. It's, of course, unlikely that he'll play 80 minutes given they've got Cameron King at the club as well. Um, He'll likely give him a spell at some stage, but he'll still make you know, 150 to 200K, I believe, if he's getting, you know, 65 plus minutes week in, week out. And, And that's certainly enough to justify starting with him. Yeah, definitely is one on my interchange list as well. To continue with the hookers, I've got Jake Friend. So he's priced at 612000 Surprisingly, he only had five appearances last year in the NRL. Yeah, so uh, I guess you could say he'll be fresh at least um, coming <laughs> into 2020. Um, he's a great option, I think, um, you know, in that 600K price bracket there. We know what he's done in the past. You know, he can make 60-plus tackles in a game. Um, he's unbelievable. His body just doesn't seem to want to keep up with him at this stage. Um, but if he can be healthy and uh, Verrills doesn't take too many minutes from him from the interchange, if any at all, then, uh, you know, one another one of those really great options at, at hooker. There's just so much value there this year. Well, in those three appearances where he did play more than 35 minutes, he didn't score less than 65 points. He actually had a 77-point average. So that just shows you his pedigree. Lastly, I've got Wade Egan for the Warriors. So 
He's priced again nicely under 400,000. He had six appearances in the hooker position last year where he played between 55 and 80 minutes and he scored about a 39 point average. So currently with his price, he's priced at in the mid 20s point average. Uh, with Lawton and Roach looking like they're still injured, do you consider him? Yeah, I've currently got him in my side at the moment. I'm not expecting him to set the world alight, but uh, he'll definitely have some handy cash rises. The risk is we haven't got you know too many games to assess him on. It's another one with a really small sample size and um, just how he'll handle extended minutes at hooker week in, week out is a bit of an unknown. But nonetheless, under 400K, starting hooker. If his name there on team list Tuesday on round one, I'll more than likely be starting with him. But um, one that I'm pretty excited about from the Bulldogs, I think you've got a couple of notes on is Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah, I'm really excited about Jeremy Marshall King. Dual position player, price mid 500,000s. Got that dual position, so hooker and half. He's currently priced at a 38-point average, and I'm hoping he gets that nod by round one to start hooker. So when I was looking at some of his hooker stats from last year, he had seven appearances where he played 80 minutes, where he had a 50-point average. Okay, there you go. So I don't think he'll play 80 minutes a week, but I do think he'll start. They have bought Katoa over from the Panthers, who might give him a spell sort of late in the game. But um, he's, look, one of our most creative players. And for a team like the Bulldogs, who scored the least amount of tries of any club last year, they're really going to want to bring those creative players into the game. And he's top of the list for me as a Bulldogs fan. So I'd love to see him play the full 80 and just carry an extra big man on the bench or bring Katoa on and play him in the middle. Similar to like Harvili has done for the Raiders. He's capable of that. He's a strong ball runner. So yeah, I wouldn't write off the 80 minutes with Jeremy Marshall King, but I really like that dual position status there and the ability you know, to chuck him in your halves and pair him with a premium asset in there looks like a really nice option. Um, I haven't got him at the moment, which might surprise you. My only bulldog currently is Stimson. But yes, if I was going to go another one, it would be him. Yeah, he's looking good at the moment. Well, I think that just about wraps up our front row forwards and hookers. Liam, unless there's anything else you want to leave us with? Just a reminder for everyone, if they haven't joined, to join our league. We've put our league code in the description below, so don't forget. I'll join this weekend, as I told you, Brian, this morning. <laughs> I haven't joined yet. Yeah, so don't worry too much if you haven't already because Liam actually hasn't joined either. So, yeah, no pressure. But we have got almost 350 teams in the league so far. So it's going to be a lot of fun to you know, keep tabs on how you guys are traveling throughout the year. So we look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Talk to you next week.